Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 20 of the Print Design Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thanks so much for hanging out here with me today. Today, my guest is Chris Tipton. He is the owner and operator of Fresh Impressions Letterpress out of Panama City Beach, Florida. And what I really wanted to do with this episode is this little segment, maybe it's like chats with a printer or talks with a printer or something like that, but I wanted to use this to talk about some amazing projects. I wanted to hear right from Chris, the printer, the operator working with designers producing print every day. I wanted to hear the cool projects. Like what are the cool things people are doing in print and why do they matter? How do they apply to today? So during this episode, we talk about four or five different projects that he was a part of, including one for Creative South. Uh, We talk a little bit about some business cards and stuff like that. Um, and how these designers and these businesses are using print and and specifically what Chris is sharing with us to increase their business, to make an impact when they're meeting a customer for the first time. And I wanted to let you know that photos of all of these pieces that we're talking about are going to be highlighted on our Instagram. That's at printdesign underscore academy. We are showcasing and showing some photos of these items that we're talking about so you get to see them while you're listening to them. So definitely go check those out as we are talking about them. Um, So this was really cool because I love nerding out on print and you as the designer and the creative, if you are not doing print design yet, just listen to these stories and be inspired by the unique things, the unique tangible experiences that can be created in print. And some of them are pretty freaking rad. So let's get right into story time with Chris Tipton from Fresh Impressions Letterpress. And uh, cue the intro. Welcome to the Print Design Podcast, the show where we talk about all things print and packaging. We go behind the scenes with designers and talk about the print projects they designed that really rock their world. From file prep to holding the finished product in their hand and all the key decisions in between. So let's talk ink on paper. Chris, welcome to the Print Design Podcast. How are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Terrific. Thanks for asking. So I thought it'd be great to kick this off by just having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I know a little bit, but I'd love to hear you share that with the listeners. So who are you, man? Uh, yeah. So my name is Chris Tipton. I am the operator of Fresh Impression Letterpress Studio, which is a specialty printing company in Panama City Beach, Florida. Uh, got into it probably about 11 years ago. I come from the uh, web development world, right? Tic-tacking on the old keyboard, (laughs) making stuff on the interwebs. And uh, yeah, fell in love with with making stuff with my hands and uh, got a small press, played around with it. It's like, hey, you know what? Let's make this into a business. And a few years later, this is all I do. This is uh, fun. Like, it's just fun to put stuff out in the world that's really, really unique and tactile and it's just different than mm-hmm. doing sets. Man, even though those are both kind of under like the design umbrella, they right, seem yeah. like completely different sides of it. One is the web. You're creating these, you know, visual live only online things. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're not just designing print, you're making print. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's so awesome. So you, you fell in love with letterpress earlier on, even before you were doing web design. Is that right? Uh, no, while. Yeah, while you were doing. doing. Yeah. So I had my own uh, web development company. Like I did web design, web development, branding, yeah. all of that. And uh, I just, you know, met somebody who introduced me to it. And uh, I was like, you know what? There's a press right down the road. I'm going to go buy it. And uh, <laughs> we're going to play around with it. And we're going to see what this is about. Okay, right? that's so cool. That to it. And yeah, it just, it's just, it draws you in. And I think, I think that's the main draw of it. Is it like, it's classic. Nothing else can make it that way. Like yeah. you have to have these machines to make it that way. Yeah. And it's just such a good uh, tactile experience. Like it's just different and you know it as soon as you, you touch it. You know what I mean? That's so cool. So you knew there was a, a press for sale down the street and yeah. you literally went, how much do those things even cost? Like what, what did you pay? Uh, if you don't well, mind me asking. They're up the price now. Cause like, you know, it's a thing. Now, it's a thing right? now. Yeah. But, yeah. But back then, uh, I don't know. I, I don't even remember. Maybe it was like 700 bucks or something like that. What? No. Yeah, Dude, that was, sounds so cheap. Yeah, it was. It was cheap. Um, you know, it's just a little, uh, you know, hand-fed uh, CMP, you know, channeling price. Yeah. So, yeah, it was cool. You can actually make some pretty good prints with that. There's nothing wrong with those things. You know? 100%. So that got you started, and then you started yeah. creating print. You loved it so much. Thought, you know what? this is where I'm going with, with my business, with my career. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it wasn't even like a year later. I was like, you know, let's, I'm going to put up a website on this and, and you know, well, you got, you got to perfect the craft first. Yes. Right? You got to put in the screw up on you your own stuff. And then- <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you, you feel comfortable with it. And you're like, okay, this, this is good quality. Uh, yeah. You know, let's try to sell it. And uh, that was the beginning of it. I uh, cool, juggled man. both for like, gosh, I don't even know, man. Like, maybe four or five years, juggled both of these things. Yeah, and, and burnt myself out. Yeah, classic. Uh, yeah, took uh, took a little road trip around the the southeast visiting breweries. It was uh, during a time when like sour beers were the new thing. Like, oh yeah, of a sour beer. So I'm like, you know what? I know this place has a sour beer. I'm gonna go check this out. And I paid like. $35 for a glass of a, a sour beer just to check it out and see what it was about. You know, <laughs> like, ah, you know, it's okay. It's good. Live a little. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So during that trip, the whole time, like the whole purpose of just taking that trip and, you know, other than recovering from a burnout was to decide like, you know, I got to make a choice here. Like, do I pursue this or do I pursue that? You know, like what, what am I doing here? Yeah. And, um, it just felt right. And so, completely canned the web development side and, and started focusing strictly on letterpress and it's been great. So how did you get started like with the letterpress business? Did you go the Etsy route and creating like customized products or did you go out business to business like selling this? Uh, how did you start? Well, being a web developer, I went to the web. Nice. <laughs> yeah. didn't do Etsy or anything like that. Um, at the time, I don't even think uh, there was there might have been one or two on Etsy. I'm not even sure there was any on Etsy. Yeah. Um, so I just went straight to the web, man. Um, didn't really push it too hard either. Like, didn't spend a lot of money on marketing or anything like that. Um, a lot of word of mouth, um, you know, referral type stuff. Mm-hmm. Oddly, not even really locally. Really? Just people who ordered stuff online, you know, like, yeah, like back then it was, um, it wasn't so flooded like it is now. Um, so it kind of stood out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like it just, it was just meant to be put it that way. 
Very cool. So it all worked out. So how did you grow the business? Did you end up investing in more equipment or more presses? What were sort of the next couple of steps there? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, so you got to grow your equipment, got to grow your capabilities, that type of stuff. Um, and then, you know, obviously you can't grow if you don't have clients. Mm-hmm. So you have to get clients. It's getting clients and growing it and <laughs> buying more stuff at the same time. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you just got to do it. If you want to do it, you just do it. Yeah. You figure it out. It's not like you have, I mean, you, you can sit down and you can make like this masterful plan yeah. and roadmap it. And this is what you're going to do. But I mean, shit, you just went through a cat five hurricane, just went through COVID. That's like, that's like three or four years of my life. Just like completely flipped upside down. You can't make a plan for that. No. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't <laughs> totally unexpected. Yeah. And and that that that's the same for any type of adventure that you're going down. Yeah, um, you can plan it, but you have to be able to respond and react and, and pivot, as they say. That's it. Pivot, pivot. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So I really was excited about this conversation, this like chat with a printer here, because I want to hear some stories about cool projects that you've printed and been a part of and why they were cool, what was special about them, how they turned out. Um, But I also hope that you got a couple of stories on things that just didn't go as planned and sort of lessons learned from those projects. And my whole goal is that I hope designers listening to this who are interested in print will be excited at the prospect and, and um, of creating really cool print and mm-hmm. learn something from the mistakes that you have or you've experienced or that you can share. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as I told you earlier, I have an, an exclusive just for you. Nobody <laughs> knows about, nobody knows the backstory behind. I haven't even posted about this project just because, I don't know, I haven't been posting lately. Yeah. You know, you know whatever. I got to take photos. It takes forever. You know, whatever. But it's exclusive just for you. Um, I've got the, the press sheet. Um, I actually forgot to bring the actual finished products, uh, believe it or not. But I've got the, I've got the dies here to show you and talk about exactly what was going on with that one. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll show you on camera so we can yeah. kind of talk and ask questions and stuff. And I'll try to, I'll try to be as detailed as possible. Yeah, and I'll have you send me some pictures after we're done, so that when okay. people who are listening to this conversation can look to our Instagram and see the pictures and the things that we're talking about, just to put some visuals to it. So before you get started on this, is this a project that is like something awesome and great and turned out awesome? Or is it a job that went sideways and lessons were learned or is it both? Uh, It's both. It didn't necessarily go sideways, right? Like we're talking about a percentile of issue, right? So the total run hundred percent, let's say, there was maybe about 30% that got a little screwy, mm-hmm. right? But overall, the project was successful. People cool. enjoyed it. It was well-received, that sort of thing. Awesome. But there's a lesson that I can share there for each other. And it's not dogging on anybody because, you know, I designed it. I, I printed it. You know, stuff <laughs> it's like all that. you, so, man. It's all me. <laughs> you know, it's not me, but I want to share that lesson yeah. with everybody else. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. What you got? All right, well let's 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 leave that one for like the last one. Just oh, okay, you know, awesome. Let's save that one for the happiness. Like, oh, here's a lesson, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, we spoke last time and we were talking about uh, like font sizes and foil stamping, right? Yes. 
And we were talking about how it depends on the paper and stuff, you know, matte paper, C1S, that type of stuff. Uh, and so I wanted to show you uh, these little labels um, that go on a tin container, right? Okay. Uh, so this is just two-color foil, silver and black on yep. a black label. Um, but I wanted to show you the, the, the font on the very, very back here. Oh, boy. Uh, that is down to like, I think it's like a 3.5 3.5 and 4.5 font in there. Um, but because of the paper, because of the foil type, it's able to be printed and it's absolutely crisp and clean. So this is like a super win project. You know, you look at all this content and you're like, how in the hell am I going to fit all of that on this little, at, this is probably an inch and a quarter round. Yeah. And it works, right? But if you tried to do that with a different paper or a different foil or even like a pigment foil, something like that. It is never going to happen. It is going to be muddy as hell. It's not going to look good. No. Nope. And you're not going to be happy with the results. You're right? going to fill in on your O's and all of your, depending on the font too. Like if you're using, you know, a serif font, you'll get fill ins and it's not going to come out crisp and clean. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that's like one of the issues where uh, when you approach the printer, excuse me, uh, you need to listen to them. Yes. You need to take into consideration if they say, for example, pigment white is not going to print on this paper well, you need to be prepared to change over to like the brightest matte uh, silver foil you can get, right? Because mm-hmm. it typically print cleaner. Um, so that's one of the projects where um, it's a complete win because you have all this information and you still want to make it stylish and you want to put it on this label and it works. But only if you take into consideration how specialty printing works how it transfers to the paper and that sort of thing right crazy yeah that's so true the substrate and the content like they work hand in hand to create these things if you're trying to achieve super fine type in foil especially on a substrate that is not going to be receptive to that would you say that the softer papers the uncoated papers are more receptive or less uh, they're more receptive, but again, it, it depends. Um, there are certain um, uh, papers that uh, maybe they have like a cotton content or a certain content. The contents of the paper is mixed. It's not like 100% of one thing or 50-50. Mm-hmm. It's like a few different things. Some of those papers, even though they will be extremely receptive to a metallic foil and you will get super crisp small text out of it, mm-hmm. it won't receive a, like a gloss pigment foil. Interesting. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter the pressure, or the pressure rather. It doesn't matter the temperature, the time, uh, nothing like the dwell time. Like it just will not accept it, you know. And it's like sometimes you want to use that paper really, really bad because it is a really awesome paper. It's got a large tooth, you know. It's it's super good, but you got to be flexible. You got to be able to change out that white for silver. Th- those types of things. Definitely, and unfortunately for you, Chris, the only way to really determine if that foil is going to work with that paper is by trying it and then finding out yeah, it doesn't so work. A lot of times you do have to try it, right? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I mean, me, you know, doing this stuff for a long time, like I've got a pretty large internal catalog in my brain that yeah. says, you know, okay, this is an issue. I have to address this before the project starts, right? Yeah. Um, but sometimes there's people who want to use a specific paper or something, and I'm like, I i don't have a clue about this paper, so we're going to have to test it, Yeah. you know? So we'll start the order, we'll test it, and I'll be like, hey, all's clear, or like, hey, order's on hold, 
we got to fix it. Yeah. You know, so. so you bring up sort of an interesting question by saying that is, you know, what are maybe a couple of the more interesting substrates that you've been asked to print on? Um, acrylic, like plexiglass. Really? Yeah. Uh, eighth inch thick. Um, and it actually worked pretty pretty damn well i do say so myself <laughs> uh foil stamped it right yeah. um works works beautifully to be honest with you there's nothing wrong with it like it was amazing so you foil stamped plexiglass yeah i can't yeah, even that, register how that would happen yeah well uh so there are uh foils specifically for printing on plastic right okay. you know like think credit cards and thing, things like that yeah um and i i did i i went out and i bought those specific ones and they were trash man really they, much, they didn't release clean or whatever and uh of course here's some more inside info right the actual regular foil uh was the best result in that right wild so yeah you just you regular foil on acrylic mm-hmm. so so for those who that are un, unfamiliar with with hot foil and how this happens you literally have yeah. you know a three-dimensional die with a raised surface of what you want to foil mm-hmm. and then you have your substrate and and sandwiched in between those things is foil is the foil right yeah and naturally from that impression you leave you know an indentation on the substrate where the foil hits it is that Correct? Yeah, correct but you can yeah the heat the heat from the dye yeah uh, activates the glue that's on the back of the material yeah and where that is pressed in and heated it sticks to the paper yeah and the rest just is released and, and goes away so yeah you get the you get that transferred image so on the plexiglass product did you just back off the the squeeze or the pressure that it applied yeah. so it really didn't press it in it was more of like a a kiss of the surface Absolutely. It's a totally a kiss impression. Um, you have to really spend a lot more time when you're packing and balancing the print out so you get a nice even even pressure mm-hmm. uh, the print area. Um, but once you do that, you can totally kiss it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's perfect. Beautiful. Like, it's super cool. And that, that, uh, that was a wedding invitation, actually. And um, the idea of that one was they, they had their wedding at like this canyon type thing, Arizona, something maybe. And they had a picture of that or they wanted a picture of that. And so it was like mainly just canyon at the bottom of it. Most of it was just like a really nice sky and cloud images. And so the plexi was to lay over that uh, with the logo, their you know their uh, monogram and stuff like spoil stamped on the acrylic. And so you get that kind of raised, floating, shadowy look, right? Mm-hmm. And then some screw post held it together, kind of thing. It was That's cool. cool. It was really cool. Yeah. That's a cool one, man. Um, any other unique substrates? Um, I mean that's probably the unique one. That's the most unique one. When I yeah, was, I've done like denim before. You've printed on denim. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, pasted some denim onto uh some chipboard and printed on that. Kind of, I mean, it's like case making, you know, book making. It's not yeah. super on top or anything. Um, it, it worked pretty well. Definitely got to pick the right foil for that. Um, but it works pretty well. You're not going to get a super sharp print out of it or anything, but it was cool. It was back in the day. But with big, oh, like, chunky, good. fat fonts, you'd be you'd get some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, you get it. It's a little fuzzy, you know, um, but you get it. Like, it's it's okay. Not bad. <laughs> that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's, you know, 
I mean, if it feeds, it'll it'll print. If right? it feeds, it'll print. I love that. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, yeah, if it feeds, it'll print. <laughs> it, might, it might not always look good, but it'll it'll print. It'll print. Yeah, that yeah. reminds me of um, back when I was a pressman. I was running a a press, a little tiny press that was sort of was spring loaded. The impression was spring loaded, mm-hmm. and um, it was called an AB Dick, which is a old brand name i guess and it was sort of like your entry-level beginner offset press and i remember um printing a job on like eighth inch like balsa wood like thick stuff yeah on that and the sound of this stuff going through the press sounded horrific (laughs) but yeah like i said if you can feed it it'll it'll print yeah, yeah. I mean, your image quality might not be great, but it'll it'll definitely it'll print. It'll print. Something. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so another one uh, is like, you know, I was I was trying to like pick out like complete wins for you, kind of like where risk is taken, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then it turns out like it's just a total badass win. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And so that that's one of those, uh, you know, with the font size, if you're careful and such. And another one is just like budget, like overall budget, right? Like you're going to spend all this money and mainly in dyes and things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, just labor if you're like got a lot of press passes and stuff. And is it worth it, right? Like is it worth it to spend that money to get a business card that is a dollar, two dollars each? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Every time I hear back from the clients, totally is. Uh, they, they tell me how it's a uh, conversation piece. Yep. How uh, they notice that they, they don't put the card where all the other business cards go. They don't put it in the drawer. They don't put it in their pocket. They hold on to it for the entire conversation. Or if they're at a desk, they, they set it down in front of them or up against the monitor or something. They don't put it away. No. Right? And I think that's the type of intrinsic value that, that something like business card needs to have. Like that's how you stand out and, and mark yourself and put yourself in a position that is different than anybody else. Right? Mm-hmm some of those examples uh this guy's really really cool um jake meyer with i will design for food uh he did yes yeah i know here. jake i interviewed him yeah okay yeah cool yeah. Did this card here for him it's uh it's like uh you know a, a tag that you pull out of a little tag you know take a number of machines yeah because he's got the whole food thing going the food branding stuff um and you know he had a pretty good budget for it and uh it's it's you know, it's a foil stamping, uh, letterpress ink on one side. It's a uh, light gray cotton paper duplexed to a navy uh, pulp paper that has uh, white gloss pigment foil and a rose gold foil on it. Nice. And then it's die cut into uh, that ticket shape. Yeah. And it's just such a cool, cool card. Um, total win. Uh, he loves it and it's absolutely worth doing. It's a talking piece. It's a storytelling piece. It is yeah, something totally. that very easily um, t- like allows you to stand out yeah. from, you know, even if you, you're giving that card to a person who's going to receive 50 cards from companies or other designers or whatever it is that mm-hmm. day, like yep. yours is going to stand out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then there's, uh, so there's another one. Uh, so this is like sculpted embossing. Are you familiar with sculpted embossing? I'm very familiar. Okay, yeah. So you know, it's like that uh, three-dimensional mm-hmm. 
shape, you know. And just to uh, sort of give a sort of a, a quick explanation for those who aren't familiar, a standard emboss is, is one level. It's raised up all to the same level. You just sort of hit the image and you get that embossed visual on the surface. But you don't have any tapers or anything like that. So think of think of a pyramid. Sculpted emboss is like embossing a pyramid where the point of that pyramid is raised higher than the rest and it tapers as it goes down whereas an emboss is just if you were embossing a pyramid from top down with a regular emboss you end up with a square right yeah Yeah. that's like such a great explanation visually too i think they'll they'll grab that for sure Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah this guy uh, we did two different versions of it um it's like a whole little image I don't know if you can see it. It's oh, like yeah. an airstream trailer in there. It's yep. got the mountains going down the road. Got the got the uh, dust coming out from the wheels, stuff like that. So it's just a blind, right? I think that's so yep. elegant. You get to see the full image in detail. There's no color there. It's just a color mm-hmm. of the paper. And that's where I uh, actually tell people that that's where you almost get most of your value out of an emboss is when it is blind. And by blind, we mean it's not registered to any type, any logo, any print. It's strictly there on the paper and stands out as just an emboss. There's no ink to hide it because that's where you see it. If you printed it and embossed it, you lose the depth effect of the emboss. You can feel it, but you're not going to see it that well. Right. You don't see it as well. Yep. Absolutely. And when just a, we did two scenes on it. Oh yeah. It's like, that's a New York city skyline, you know, same kind of thing. So you got the desert skyline and the, and the city skyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like a, a project like that, like, uh, the, the die cost alone on, on that project, <coughs> um, you know, you're in, in like the four, four fifty five hundred range just for the die. Like no work is done. Mm-hmm. Just for the die. Just um, for the hunk of metal to make the shape. Yep, absolutely. And is it worth it? Yeah, he thinks so. I think so. Everybody who got the card thinks so. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, an absolute win. Um, a plus, like, it's just super cool. I didn't design that one. Um, mm-hmm. And they brought it to us. And you bring up sort of an interesting point there by saying, you know, like, is it worth it? Like, the designers and the creatives will think it's worth it because they can appreciate it. The person who produced the cards, the business that produced the cards would appreciate it because it's their business and they want it to stand out the best. And I often get asked by people, you know, what's the ROI of an, of doing an emboss? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's a hard question to answer. What's the ROI of being perceived the same as your competitors and not standing out? Right. What's the ROI on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you, if you have a, a project that you're working on and it has a budget, like, I mean, just talk about design and branding alone, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how important is it to you that your branding and your product be received mm-hmm. in a way that stands out and directly targets your customer? Like, yep. that is worth a good amount of your project budget, mm-hmm. right? So, you have to think about that. I mean, when when you hand these out and you talk about uh, you know me liking it or the designer liking it stuff like that, that's great. We're we're typically going to like it if it's awesome. The question is, does the client like it? Does the person who is utilizing it like it and see the value in it? And I've never had anybody who doesn't. Once they get it and start using it, like it's questionable maybe if they've never had it before. Mm -hmm. But once they get it and they cycle through and they use it, they're typically always going to come back and say i, I it's got to be this way yeah i can't have it any other way yeah you know? 
hundred percent. Yeah, those are two awesome examples, and I and I I really I can't wait for people to go to our Instagram and look at the photos of these things because they look oh. so cool. Like I'm getting to see them firsthand here, but mm-hmm. man, they are cool. <laughs> cool, man. So, Chris, what uh, what do you got next for us in that project bin of yours there? Uh, yeah. So this guy right here, he's uh, he's a magician. Does okay, magic. That, this is awesome already. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Actually, let me let me uh, let me pull up the, the designer on this because he's he's so so good, and I don't want to missay his name. Sometimes I'm a little bit dyslex- dyslexic when I recall in memory, you know. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, one. Yeah. yeah, right. All right, yeah. So like Widak Design. How do you spell uh, that? Uh, it's W I D A K K Design. Okay. Uh, he's on Instagram. Phenomenal designer all sorts of cool stuff he's the guy that that did this logo here for him right here that's insane Uh, it's just that old school like dorian i don't don't know what you what else you could call that it's a little different you know i'm seeing like a white foil red foil gold foil blind debossing like all in perfect register yeah and die cut too and die cut around the edges with a super fine border in register Oh, yeah. And if you can see, you probably can't see on this camera, but the red metallic pass is actually a reflection die. So there's some uh, movement going on in there. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So red foil, gold foil, white foil, blind deboss, die cut, triplexed. Uh, it's got red paper in the middle. Mm-hmm. And of course, two colors on the back. Actually, three. Sorry, there's a blind in there, too. Yeah, it was blind. Yep. Wow. So yeah, uh, Widak designed this actual logo here, and then I designed the the card that sort of encases it and makes yeah. it makes it uh, a singular item kind of thing. But this card is just super super rad, man. Um, you know, it, it's just going back to the whole idea of like, is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, when you put this in your hand, and like, there, there's not many things in the world that exist like this. Like, no, it's, it's worth it. Like, That's amazing. Yeah, totally worth it. Okay, that's so cool. And, and so I think about like the file to set that up, the amount of layers involved in the file to create that. Like that's a monster. Yeah, it is a monster. Um, yeah, so like the red foil pass, you know, you've got two two layers on that. Um, you've got your embossed pass, but you have to actually go in and, you know, draw where you want your boss to go because sometimes you need to cut it out and thin it out, you know, so it kind of pops up. Uh, you know, to make it clean so you don't have like a cliff kind of yep. effect. Yep. You know I mean? um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of work. It's it's a lot of work, but when you get done with it and you get the result and it's, you know, executed correctly, like, it's just phenomenal. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. Wow. <laughs> like, that is just an impressive piece. Thanks, man. That's it. I'm actually really proud of it. It's probably the, one of the cooler things that we've ever done here. So just to give a little bit of context to that, how many of those did they print? Do you remember? Uh, I think we did a thousand, I think. I think it was, I think it was a, thousand, a thousand. Okay. Now, that is multiple passes through the press. Oh, multiple yeah. dies, like multiple setups. What does something like that cost for a thousand pieces? Oh man, I'd have to like go back and pull up the invoice, but since he's a magician, we're just going to let it stay mystical and magical. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) It's safe to say that it's more than 500 bucks. It's like, it's 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a serious investment, that beautiful piece. It's a serious investment. It's not something that you toy around with. Yeah. For sure. That's beautiful. All right. So, yeah. Uh, How are we on time? We we good? Yeah, man. We're good. Okay. Uh, You want to jump to the the last one here? Hit me with it. Hit me with it. All right. All right. So, uh, you probably heard of it. It's uh, the Creative South Conference in Columbus, Georgia. Mike Jones, all those guys. Yep. Um, teamed up with them to do the uh, badges that uh, everybody wears around their neck, right? Yep. The conference badges. The lanyards and conference badges, yep. Yep, absolutely. Um, and they, they're they awesome. Uh, I, I actually designed these myself, and um, it uses like a lot of print processes. It's uh, pretty complex, and it came out beautifully, but we did have an issue, and that issue uh, was with time. And with the die line, right? And the die line, for anybody that doesn't know, is the actual uh, cutting rule that uh, gives it its shape, right? Yeah, it's sort of its finished shape, the final cut. Yeah. So anyway, let me let me just show you this. So this is like the press sheet, right? Um, Got this beautiful foil flood of black uh, on top of a uh, black ink. Yep. Right. A little grid down there. Got some. um, sort of candy apple orange going on there. Got that sleet holographic foil going on there. So down in the, on. in the bottom, that sort of checkerboard floor pattern there, it almost looks like yep. you have a matte gloss contrast. What's going on there? Uh, that's actually black ink. So that's a flood of uh, black ink. Got yeah. it. So I've got, got the contrast between the black ink and the black foil there. It's, uh, it's pretty rad. Got it. So is that a matte black foil? Uh, no, this is, this is, well, I mean, it's like a, um, satin, right? So oh, okay. it's just, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. So that's where you yeah, get like the matte gloss contrast there. Sort of. Yep. Yeah. So this is right here. This is just your standard black metallic foil. Mm-hmm. Right. And then this down here is the black ink right here. Got um, it. It's embossed as well. So like the joysticks and the buttons are raised and the uh, little hearts up here are, are raised. And then the back side has a uh, blind emboss or a deboss rather just yep. a blind press pass for the logo and then a black ink uh, letter press yep and that was triplex that had a uh, orange sheet in the middle so you have the gray cotton one side orange in the middle gray cotton on the other side and then of course die cut to that shape the press sheet is just absolutely beautiful like it's one of the better press sheets like just seeing uh, the contrast on the on the foil and stuff like i'm definitely going to utilize that more yeah uh, in the foil and the ink like it's just it's super cool <clears throat> but what happened is uh you know we're running late on time i can't remember exactly what it was i think we had like a schedule change or something and i mm-hmm. had to go back and change the schedule on, on the back of the uh the badge and it kind of pushed the uh, timeline back a little bit but things were good right you know time's closing in things are good you know it's flowing and then you're, you're getting your die line, right? And you get it. And then all of a sudden, this thing right here, right? This yeah. die line. You get this, and you pop it in to start die cutting. And you're like, oh, shoot. They gave me the wrong cutting rule, right? Because yeah. when you cut something super thick, you have to use the right cutting rule on it. Otherwise, you're going to get like a marred edge or you yeah. know, it's not, not going to be clean, right? And so I had to send that one back, get it fixed. And so we got another one. Another one came in, you know, perfect, right? 
got the right cutting edge, you know, but then they gave me the wrong hole. Uh, they used the wrong edge on the on the hole that the little laner clips into. Uh, um, so you can see this one actually has paper jammed in it, right? Yeah. Kind of blew out, right? Yeah. Because it's not the right thing. So not not one, not two, but not three, because this is the third one. And uh, this one, they actually gave me the right uh, inserts, a solid piece of metal for yep. the hole so it doesn't blow out. But then they gave me the wrong outside edge again. Again. Ugh. Again, right? So it's and, and just to put sort of put this into context quickly, you're like, is yeah. it, it's not like you get a new die in a couple of hours. No, but the, but here's the thing: it only takes about a day, right? Okay. Like my my vendor is, and I still use them to this day. Like I, I like them. This is just it's a time issue more than anything else, mm-hmm. right? Because it takes maybe a day just to get a new die, right? Yeah. Um, but we're looking at you know probably a week of being set back just on these types of issues here. Um, and then, you know, I got the fourth and actually, no, I never got the fourth one. I got it after the project was done. Oh, and that's where the issue came in. Right. Um, so I started running with, with what I could and die cut what I could and got about 70, 80% through most of it. And it was acceptable, but then for the remaining 30, 25% of the run, you know, the hole started blowing out, you know, the, the die started failing, that type of stuff. But there was nothing I could do yeah. because there was no time, Ugh. right? And so I, I did what I did, ran the last. And if, if you went to, uh, you know, the Creative Soft Conference and you got a badge and the hole was all like ripped, <laughs> I'm really, really, really sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's a bad representation of, of what I do here. Um, but, yeah, it's just a, a the lesson here is don't rush your projects yes because things can happen that are just completely out of your control oh my gosh totally so much time in the day right i got done uh because i tried to wait for that fourth die i got done with this project at like i don't even know 9 10 p.m immediately hopped in the car drove up to columbus georgia it was like i don't know 2 3 a.m something in the morning, the day that the event starts. And oddly enough, Mike and I, they, they were like still up, you know, we went and ate some Waffle House and stuff, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, got them there, you know, and everything was fine, right? But it, it the people who got the damaged ones, you know, I feel really bad about that, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's just the, the lesson there is don't rush work because things happen that are out of anybody's control, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's even worse, you know, when you're rushing work and then something that never happens, you know, getting a die wrong multiple times in a row happens. Yeah, like that never yeah. It never it happens. happens. Yeah, never. No. But it, here they are. Just that's why I brought them to show them to you because nobody would believe it. <laughs> yeah. Because it doesn't happen, but it, it does. Oh, you know? man. And so, like, it's just. I've, so I've performed like so many miracles over the past 10 years uh-huh. and every time I get done and, and after the stress leaves and the anxiety goes away, which <laughs> is terrible. Yeah. Like, man, I'm, I'm surprised that that actually worked. You know what I mean? Because like if any one little thing went wrong, it would not have happened. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people contact me and they're like, Hey, I need this by like two weeks or or somebody who needs wedding advice. They're like, I need to put these in the mail in a week. 
I'm like, well, yeah, I can do this and I can overnight it to you and everything. But once it leaves my hands and it's in the mail, what if it doesn't show up? You know? Yep. Becomes an issue. And I've had that happen. A hundred percent. Yeah. This. Let me tell you this real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Um, way back when, it was probably like, uh, I don't know, 2011, 2012, something like that. Uh, this this a very sweet girl, uh, like her lover to death, so much that I did this. Um, she wanted some really nice uh, programs for her wedding the day of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a trifold thing, two color, uh, one color gold, one color navy ink, little trifold square thing. And she ordered them really, really, really late, like the week of the wedding. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I got all this stuff in stock. I can get the plates in the day. I don't think it'll be a problem. I'll drop them in, you know, next day air FedEx, whatever. Well, little did I know that there was a hurricane or a tropical storm rolling in, and UPS and FedEx were grounded, and they were not going to go, and it was not going to make it. And I guess I just was having a really good year and a really good mood that year or something. I literally rented a car, and I drove it. Uh, Where was it? I think it was Texas, actually. I drove it to Texas. And I knocked on her door at like 6 a.m. in the morning, uh, delivered it. Is this day of the wedding you're dropping these off? Day, day of the wedding. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I delivered it. And I didn't even want her to know that it was like me, right? I just told her I had some delivery person, you know, yeah. bringing it over or whatever. So she didn't even know it was me. Um, but, yeah, it got there and, and everything's peachy keen, right? But. Yeah, I don't think I would ever do that again. Um, so, like, don't rush your work. <laughs> like, plan ahead yeah. and put it in with ample time because, like, even if you're able to budget, like, the rush fees and stuff, like, mm-hmm. it's not worth it. Don't gamble that. Man, it's that's not- stress and, like, yeah, is it going to all come together? Because it's not just can it be printed in time? Can it be die cut in time? Right. It's yeah. like there's logistics yeah, involved logistics. and logistics yeah. are like the biggest variable ever. Yeah, yeah. Like I try to do miracles, but let's not let's not do miracles. Let's just do really good work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome, um, Chris. This has been awesome. Giving some insights on some of the cool projects that you've been a part of, that designers have brought to you, um, and that you've produced and look wicked. So I can't wait for people to see the images of these. Um, yeah. A couple of things I want to wrap up with here. First off, where can people find you and find out more about what you got cooking? Uh, yeah, so just hit me up. Follow me on Instagram. That's fresh.impression. Uh, visit the website, filetterpress.com. Uh, visit on Facebook if you want. I've got like a little, you can schedule an appointment stuff on there. Mm-hmm. Um, just search Fresh Impression Letterpress. I think it's facebook.com slash fi letter press because somebody already took fresh impression right obviously nice yeah um and yeah man just reach out that way i'm pretty active on instagram i'll i reply to dms and everything um yeah that's pretty much it sweet man that's awesome um now i do want to wrap up with what i'm going to call like the ask the audience question so we've got this group of designers on instagram that are all interested in print and love hearing about print through print design academy and through the print design podcast what would you like to ask that group of creatives and designers it doesn't have to be print related but it can be in your case um what do you want to ask them um man that's a great question to ask me. Um, 
Yeah, if I could ask designers anything, um, I would say, uh, what are you going to print next on paper that's not white? Ooh, that's I love that. Asked. Yeah, right? Everybody, like, I, I think they're, because I was one of them. Uh-huh. I know this because I was one of them. There are designers that go their entire career and never design anything for anything other than white paper. It's just all full color. Yep. Right? So my question would be, what are you planning to design next that's on a paper that's not white? Um, yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Chris, thank you so much for being my guest on the Print Design Podcast today. It was awesome chatting with you and hearing these stories. Yeah. Enjoy it, man. All right. That is the end of today's episode, Storytime with Fresh Impressions Letterpress and Chris over there. If you are digging what you're hearing on the Print Design Podcast here, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. We'd really appreciate it. And remember, go check out Print Design underscore Academy on Instagram to see the photos of the projects that we talked about during today's episode. And man, are they awesome. Even just in photos, holding them in your hand will be even more amazing. But just looking at photos is pretty awesome as well. Thanks again and have a great week.